This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Episode 89 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co host Joshua Perry. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. And my goodness, college football has not started up yet, but I would say we have so much news to get to, Joshua, because this last week and past couple of days has been wild. It's literally been ridiculous. I mean, right? You know, just nonstop news. We're going to get all into it, but you've got. Uh, players who are trying to make their voices heard. You've got conferences who are trying to roll out some plans and you've got people like us sitting here just waiting to talk about it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. So we're going to jump right into it and let's start off with what you had brought up there. Uh, Players trying to have their voices heard. It is 2020. Uh, Their voices need to be heard. So the PAC 12, actually a group of players organized a movement that is going on. It's called hashtag we are united. And so they came out pretty much uh, over the weekend and saying, look, we are not going to stand for, you know, exploiting college athletes physically, economically, academically, and disproportionately harm black college athletes. Um, And they pretty much said, we are going to opt out unless some of these things change, uh, going directly to Commissioner Larry Scott. Um, There is a long list of some of their demands. Now, some of them, Joshua, I don't know if you've read them. Some of them are things that can be changed. Some of them, um, I don't know if they can be changed. I don't know if that's possible. But I feel like if there was some middle ground met here, something could be done. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's, it was really interesting. Um, I had talked about this earlier on Columbus Radio. And so I, I fashion myself personally as a guy 
with the heart of an activist and the mind of a politician. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's, there has to be a marriage there. And especially when you're doing something like this on such a large scale and you have those big asks, it, it, you have to have that marriage. And so, you know, it's, it's, we demand, we demand. And, um, you know, my dad talks about it from his perspective growing up through the fifties and sixties with the civil rights movement. And a lot of times when you, you, when you feel like you've been shut out from certain opportunities, you want to demand things. But the reality of the situation is people put up their defense mechanisms when you start demanding. So um, mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be an ask, number one. But also, number two, I think that uh, we can also, we should appreciate the direct tone that they struck because all these things are important. Now, I agree with you 100%, Kayla, when some of the things that they were asking for, I just don't think are reasonable. I don't think they're possible. Um, yeah. I do think other things make sense. Yeah. I've said it before on this show. The only reason college football coaches, college basketball coaches, et cetera, are getting paid so much is because you can't pay the players. The mm-hmm. only reason these facilities are as extravagant as they are is because you cannot pay the players. So exactly. I think that there that can absolutely be a remedy. Instead of spending $300 million on facilities updates, you can divvy that up to where the funds are being directly sent to the student athletes. Um, the other thing that I appreciated in there too was the the community fund, the 2% of the money that they wanted to go to low-income Black student-athletes. And I would expand that even to um, just low-income student-athletes in general. I think that um, uh, poverty is as much of a uh, limiter as race in, in America at times. Um, and so I think there should be some equity there, but also the ability to reach out to the community with those funds as well is super important. So I think these guys have the the right mindset about it. I think they need to be, you know, when you go into negotiations, obviously you ask for as much as you can and the worst you can get is no. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you kind of back down from there. But I also think that if this is to really create change, then you can't say we're going to opt out. And then when the season comes around and there's no change, you don't opt out. Like you have to be able to stomach that and you have to be able to, to take whatever comes along. Uh, You know, Dr. King was arrested plenty of times as an activist. We saw um, a lot of civil rights leaders ended up in jail. They ended up um, beaten, you know, chased down with dogs, sprayed with fire hoses. It, it's not something that you do and then it gets tough and you say, never mind, you got to really stick to it. So I'll be curious to see how it all unfolds. Yeah. And I think if you're going to try to act upon something and actually do something with your voice as a college athlete, this is really the time to do it, right? Because of the movement all across the country. And so I think that it's good in, in a way that they're they're kind of coming together and doing this. But like you said, they're going to have to follow through good or bad. And I think that's um, really the next step that we're going to see um, happen within all of this stuff. Uh, a very kind of disturbing situation out of my alma mater, Washington State. Um, a wide receiver by the name of Cassidy Woods was removed from team activities. Uh, Now the AD there is coming out and saying that it wasn't linked to the PAC 12 unity group. But what, from what we had heard from a phone call from coach Nick Rolovich, it had, it seemed like it was connected with this kid being kicked off the team, uh, even though they were going to fulfill his scholarship next season because that he was 
like connected to this unity group. And I don't know what to believe now because of course, Washington state is going to try to come up and do cleanup duty here. And I don't want to, I don't want to think that Rolovich has that mindset, especially being a first year head coach at Washington state. Um, But this is a really sticky situation because Cassidy Woods seems to be standing firm in, in what he believes happened there. Yeah, and it's unique um, because the the context of the phone call for folks who didn't hear it, I believe, was something like, you know, it it whatever is going on could be bad for the team is mm-hmm. kind of the tone that it was. And, and you know, if you're mm-hmm. going to do this, understand that it could hurt the team type of situation. Yeah, I think that's where there's another layer to this. The fact of the matter is these student athletes are, are trying to make union laborer type of demands without Mm -hmm. the protection of a union. And since they're not laborers, they're not employees, um, they don't get protections from a union to where they can't get fired for speaking out, you know, without going through processes, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this, this whole thing is, is it's a very unique situation from that standpoint, like even to the point where they ask for um, enhanced insurance benefits and everything else. I don't think that would necessarily be an issue if they were, considered employees because when I was in the NFL, we used to uh, get an injury and then you can file a worker's comp claim and they will insure whatever part of your body that was injured while you were working as an athlete for the remainder of your life, whenever you need surgery, rehab, et cetera. So this dynamic where you can speak out, you can say, I'm going to opt out and your coach can say, no, you're not going to opt out because I'm just kicking you off the team. If that happened, is very unique. I don't think that's a popular thing for coaches to do. I'm not necessarily sure that a coach would do such a thing, but it's absolutely a possibility to say that, sure, we'll honor your scholarship, but um, if you don't want to play good soldier and you're going to be bad for the team, then we don't necessarily have to have you around either. Yeah, it's it's a situation where I'm I'm still guessing that there's going to be things that kind of come out about that. Um, regardless, it has been a wild few days when it comes to just this story. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it, because I know that a lot of these concerns, too, um, really do have to do with health. I mean, there have been some players throughout the league, and we'll get to one later on in the show, that have had this um, COVID-19 virus, and they've had effects you know, after the fact. And I think there was a UCLA player specifically in this article that I read that was, was saying, Hey, look, you know, this is like, this is serious. It might not be everybody. It might not be, you know, it only might be 10% of us that do have these lingering effects, but it's, it's some of us, you know, we're, we're out there, we're athletes, we're putting, you know, our health at risk. And I think it really truly is a part of this movement as well. And we saw it so early on too, with that um, group of UCLA players a couple months ago who were like, not happy with Chip Kelly and they didn't trust any of those protocols that were happening. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is the, the trust aspect because players already know how it is. Like you'll, you'll twist an ankle and your coach will kind of, you know, he'll he'll test you a little bit and see if you go back out there, even though your ankle's busted up. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. an ankle, so you kind of, you tape it up and you go and you, you play as hard as you can. It's going to be swollen. It's going to be hurt. It's not that big a deal. But we're talking about a virus yeah. that attacks your lungs. And as somebody yep. who needs to be able to breathe to run and play the sport, it's just a, a really unique situation. And so players rightfully want to make sure that they're protected um, so they don't run into any issues with some of those lingering consequences that we've been talking about. 
Yeah, you cannot blame them for bringing up those concerns. Well, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball finally kicking off. Uh, They're underway, and there's no better place to start wagering than exclusively with our partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online actually sat down with former professional players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. Now, see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans like we've seen in a series they're calling Pandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So the um, schedules for these conferences are finally starting to come out. We were waiting kind of till the end of July to see what happens. And then, boom, all these schedules start to come out. We saw the SEC earlier last week, and now the Big 12 has approved their fall schedule. Let's start with the SEC. They decided to go with 10 games in conference, one non-conference game. They actually just came out with this news uh, early this week. August 17th will actually start their enhanced period where teams will be allowed to practice um 25 times over a 40-day period. Um, Teams must take two days off each week. And uh, the 20-hour rule in season football access time of 20 countable hours a week uh, will remain in effect. So this is they're getting down to specifics here in the SEC at least. But going back to their um, decision on the schedule, Joshua, what do you think? I mean, that's kind of what we expected, right? Yeah, I say I, th- I think it's pretty in line with what expectations are. I like how detailed this return to play is mm-hmm. with the practice schedules and everything else. I wish that my favorite conference uh, <laughs> would have a little bit of of hope lingering out there for us fans, but we're not we're not quite there yet. But yeah, I mean, this is this is exactly what we need to see at this point. And I, I kind of made this point um, earlier on a different show, but. What kills me is how long it's taken to get up to this point because, you know, college football was a question back in the spring. Mm -hmm. And so you had all that time to develop your infrastructure and to figure out your safety protocols. And I know things have changed over time, so it's not as simple as what I'm boiling it down to. But like the fact that we're celebrating that we're at this point with a plan uh, to play college football moving forward, I don't know know if we should necessarily be celebrating that. I feel like it should have been a plan a little bit earlier, but you get what you get and you don't complain about it. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I guess it's it's good that we have something to talk about in terms of uh, some sort of schedule to look forward to. Were you surprised at all because, you know, the Big Ten decided to just play those non-conference game uh, games? Were you surprised that the SEC decided to keep that uh, one non-conference game? Sorry, they decided to play the conference games only um, while the SEC is keeping one non-conference game in there. Not totally a surprise, and I think part of it is that some of the uh, big rivalries in the SEC are out-of-conference kind of in-state rivals, and Mm -hmm. um, you'd love to be able to maintain those games just for the excitement of college football. Um, I also think, too, with not knowing how the postseason is going to be, etc., if you're a school who can slide in an easy win in your one non-conference game to kind of pump up uh, your win-loss 
Um, I think that definitely helps. And especially in the SEC where it, it is competitive week in and week out, you definitely want to have at least one gimme. Um, and I know that's something actually, I believe Ole Miss uh, had talked about when developing the schedule. You know, they don't have those opportunities for those games where um, their players can grow and learn and they can develop their roster still early on in the season. So at least having an opportunity to recoup one non-conference game um, is a benefit from that regard to them. Right. And of course, this is nothing is is in solid, you know, ink right here. Permanent ink. I mean, anything can change at this point, yeah. but this is what anything we're hoping, right, will be the case. Uh, meanwhile, the Big 12 approved their scheduling model. That includes nine conference games and one non-conference game. They decided to be uh, the ones that kind of came out uh, last out of all the the, the big uh, Power Five conferences. And I don't think there's any surprise here, Joshua, too, that they tried to salvage like a non-conference game. No. I mean, reality of the situation, their their conference schedule is, is pretty funny compared to the rest of the conferences anyway. Yeah. Um, so just from that standpoint, it's not a surprise. Yep. All right. Well, have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you just wouldn't believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. Now, here is how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. Now, the kicker is that the auction clock actually restarts after 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signing up on top of the other discounts. You can go to DealDash.com and then use that offer. It's called PASS. That's the code you want to use or DealDash.fm slash PASS. That is DealDash.fm slash PASS. We are moving into our final segment and one that I had mentioned we would get to because it concerns uh, Joshua's conference, the Big Ten. So uh, everything was like feeling good in the Big Ten. I mean, you guys put your schedule out. Everything's, you know, according to plan was going well. And then we see Rutgers. The bottom of the conference decides to do something that is like a bottom of the conference move. They had a corona, they had a coronavirus outbreak, Joshua, and it started with like uh, how many players was it? Like it was fifteen players. Fifteen, and you're thinking, yes. okay, that's that's a significant amount. Well, yes. then, hot damn, it it goes up to 28, 28 players hot tested damn. positive. Hot damn. Um, and the most frustrating part to me is that it's linked to like this dorm party. Totally right? irresponsible. Totally irresponsible in a time we can't be irresponsible, especially <sighs> if you are an athlete trying to get get something going in terms of this fall uh, football season. Were you shocked at all when this news came out? So that it was I'm, this school. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try not to get myself fired. From oh god, I know, here. I know. You are you are Rutgers. You suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't add value to the Big Ten in football. You're no. trash. You get ran through every time you play. Nobody wants to watch your games. Nobody wants to play in the games. Ohio State played maybe their sloppiest game last year against Rutgers because you guys suck and nobody takes you seriously. See? And so what do you do as a team now with a new head coach? 
trying to get the suck off of you and get people to take you seriously <laughs> is you, you, you do the COVID dorm party thing and, and you have to suspend workouts in a time where we're trying to get back to playing the damn game. Yes. Is this serious? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, that wasn't, I mean, this was clearly a big chunk of the players that attended this so-called party um, and knew that there was a chance that, you know, this kind of stuff could happen. And that's the thing that scares me about this season, Joshua, is, and I'm not going to put it all on records. I mean, this is, this is happening. Okay, I will put it on records, but, you know, it's happening across the the landscape in terms of college football. I mean, these kids are going out and they're doing stuff. Like, yeah. Let's be honest. And I wanted to ask you about that, Joshua. I know you were a responsible college athlete for the most part, but <laughs> I mean, what would you do if you heard about your bros, your teammates going to this party during the COVID-19 pandemic when you're trying to get back on the field in a couple of months? What what would you do? It just I feel like it puts the team in a weird situation because you guys got a, guys on one side saying one thing, the other side they don't care. I mean, yeah. I what mean, does it do for a team? The the conversation has to start with if you're a leader on that team, whoever's at that party. I think you have to have a really tough eye to eye conversation with them. Hey, you're a sure. big dummy. Um, you're very selfish. You know, we're a team that's trying to rebrand and rebuild right now, and you're getting in the way of that. Um, you suck as a teammate. And you need to change or just go somewhere else uh, because this isn't a place where we can do that, I think, is right. number one conversation. And I think number two, honestly, um, there, there needs to be some sort of repercussion for, for doing something as egregious as going to a party. Like if you go into a grocery store or if you go even to a restaurant and you would happen to contract COVID, like I don't think student athletes necessarily need to be in restaurants right now. But no. you can you can almost talk me into that being excusable because restaurants, at least in central Ohio where I'm at, you have to wear a mask if you're going to be up or walking around or whatever the case is. And they're all socially distanced and everybody in there who's working is wearing a mask, etc. But to, to go to a party that makes you a selfish teammate and football is like the most unselfish game. So that's yep. where I get disappointed at this kind of stuff. So let me let me jump in because um, I don't know if you saw this this probably didn't at 546 today uh Kevin Little I think he's with the Colorado okay oh is this the Colorado State story yeah so yeah go for it it says among complaints from Colorado State athletes and staffers coaches have told players not to report COVID-19 symptoms yep. threaten players with reduced playing time if they quarantine and claim CSU yep. is altering contact tracing reports to keep players practicing so in in one regard we have players being irresponsible oh at records. And, and on the other side, we have an institution that is is purposefully being deceptive and they're they're pressuring their athletes into being deceptive as well. And I figured this might be a scenario during the season. Justin Fields gets COVID, um, you're mm-hmm. getting ready to play Penn State. And so you kind of say, well, he's asymptomatic. Let's just not say anything about it. At this point, before the season starts for a non-Power 5 school who doesn't have a chance to win national championship. This is where we're at. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is this is bad, first of all. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I had skimmed over that and I hadn't read like it in detail as I was about to get on here to do the show. Uh, first of all, you know, it you set an example from the top down to the bottom. And with this incident specifically with Colorado State, um, this is just 
really unfortunate to know that this is even happening. I mean, I just, this is a serious time. Like there is serious health risks involved. And, um, you know, it's one thing for these kids to, to be going out and being like, oh, you know, we're not going to catch it or whatever. But then it's another thing for these organizations, these programs um, to be kind of like keeping it hush, telling their players, you know, don't, you know, if you're, if you're asymptomatic, we're okay. We're not going to report it, whatever. Because here's the thing. And we had mentioned this earlier, these, this COVID-19 virus has long-term effects on kids too, on anybody, on even a healthy person. There was an Indiana offensive lineman. I know that uh, his mom has spoken out in the past couple of days saying that he had the virus and now he's having heart complications because of it. Yeah. The, this is this is this is so much more serious than than I think we think in terms of young athletes, healthy athletes. I think we just push that aside, but we like you just can't do that. Yeah, I mean you just can't do that, and especially setting the tone that way in a in a freaking program like that's bad. It's it's disappointing. Um, that is bad, and and it's shady. And uh, it is shady. And it's it's putting it's putting lives that and this is where I, I really get pissed off in this scenario is that's an institutional thing. So it's coming from suggestion of an AD head coach, someone on the coaching staff, whatever. It's not coming from the athletes. Now, the AD, the head coach, whoever is telling them they have a financial stake in college football. These athletes have no financial stake. And a lot of these cats aren't going to play professional football. So it's not like they need to be out there, you know, building their resume on tape. And so that's where I really start to get pissed off. It's so selfish that we would force these players to be at risk. And what I mean by force them to be at risk is not, you know, they come back to campus is a choice to come back to campus. But if they do get the coronavirus, there are protocols in place. If you're, if you are trying to um, circumvent contact tracing protocols, that's shady and it puts people at risk. And I'm, and, and then to your point, I know people personally um, who've gotten the coronavirus. One person got it. Um, they were, they felt like they had a really bad cold. They were in bed. They've recovered, but they still they still feel like they can't exercise to the capacity they did yep. before they had the virus. Mm-hmm. I know somebody else who uh, their cousin had coronavirus, and they still don't have any taste. Their sense yes. of taste is still gone. And I've then this, that. I mean, it guys who don't believe this thing is is real. There is one guy who has been floating around who got erectile dysfunction as a complication from COVID. And I think it has to do with some of the heart complications and the circulation, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, if you're a young man, all you got to do is make that the PSA. You know, absolutely. My God. (laughs) You know, so the reality of the situation is we, we, we think that coronavirus will attack your lungs and it'll make you sick that way. We've seen that. But what we don't know is the other ways it can affect you once those symptoms have subsided. And that's what's disappointing about, you know, putting these guys at risk. They don't have any say in it. It's not necessarily they'll get sick. Most of these guys, their lungs will be fine. They'll get over it. It's the fact that, you know, they might not be able to taste food for the next six months. Crazy. Yeah, there is. It's it's just there's so many unknowns, you know, and and that's why this is such a complicated situation and why we've continued to kind of just update you week to week on whatever we can, because every 
week there's something different, there's new, you know, news to report. Hopefully soon uh, we will be seeing these guys play in, in, in a safe way, but I we just can't predict anything right now. So until then, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, Joshua. Uh, before we wrap things up, anything that you wanted to get to um, that you kind of vented on Twitter this week. I didn't I see can't. much. I don't Listen, think. I don't think I was really on. I know. So, I'm like, oh my gosh! I usually always see something from Joshua during the weekend. And I was thinking about. It. I'm like, I don't think I saw much from you. I've got nothing, but I, I I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I got I was, nothing. I, I was having this discussion with somebody today, and so uh, he's radio host on Columbus Radio from nine to noon, and uh, some weekdays he likes to sneak off and go to the golf course and mm-hmm. he'll play around the golf usually doesn't have to have a, a set tee time he can just walk into um the club and just do do what he's got to do yeah he said lately uh he would go on like a thursday at one o'clock and um the golf pro in there would be like no luck you know there we're booked there's no tee times and he's sitting here wondering why and the conclusion that we came to is for uh, folks that have been working throughout this pandemic, a lot of them have made the decision that they're either going to work four hours in the morning or four hours in the afternoon, but you ain't getting both out of them. Um, <laughs> they're not giving you a full eight hours of work every day anymore. Um, they're 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 fed up. They feel like all the, the busy work that they were doing at the office, they can get done efficiently with a few emails in the morning. And by the time the afternoon rolls around, there's really not that much left to do that they can't do over a cell phone call. Um, and so. I would I would uh, implore some of you to go out into your communities and, and see how many people you think are working during the yeah. day, uh, because I, I'll tell you, I've seen the traffic out here in Columbus uh, around one o'clock on a random Wednesday or Thursday, and it seemed like more cars are out now than ever. Oh, I'm telling you, like, it's definitely a thing. And to specifically say if if you are a guy or a gal that likes to uh, get out there on the range and hit some balls... Uh, during the summertime it's definitely a popular thing I think to uh, kind of check out a little early and do that I think you're on to something there Joshua I think it's a real thing I mean even when I was at home people and I had to work from home I think my the biggest thing that I would go do every day just to get outside the house was go you know take my dog for a walk I wasn't even using my 30 minute lunch break though which I never use anyways I always work through my 30 minute lunch break so you know come on people you got to get out there you get you just uh at this point the way the world is set up right now if you want to take four hours off in the afternoon you just go ahead and take them you know as as long as you get your work done i mean i I guess i can't see anything yeah i mean i guess i can't yeah you can get and i i know some people have different jobs where they can't i know a lot of folks that have jobs where all you really need is a cell phone and you can be anywhere in the world your laptop, keep it in the car, in a bag somewhere, just in case you need to hop on there. But I mean, we've got these little computers in our pockets. I, I say roam around the world during your workday. Yeah, if you can, why? I mean, why not? Right now, I wish I was out more. I was out actually covering sports. Instead, I'm doing 50 Zoom calls a day, but that's <sighs> besides the point. Yeah. Oh my God. And the quality, I'm not even going to go off on it, but you know, you know what I'm saying, Joshua. I know exactly what you're saying. Mike goodness. Uh, Well, that will do it for this episode of Press Pass. Of course, if you don't subscribe, we would love for you to subscribe. Just go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can type in Press Pass 
and we pop up there give us a subscribe give us a rate and review we'd love you a long time um you can go follow joshua at where my friend <laughs> at r.i.p underscore j-e-p on twitter and instagram uh would love to interact with people y'all have been real quiet on my i know I what is I maybe that's to, why to give me a little yeah. juice right now i know right we need something we need to get him fired up because it's, you know, that's what makes Joshua so fun is when he goes off on his tangents on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you can follow me uh, at Kayla Anderson TV on Twitter and Instagram. Also, we have our Instagram account for uh, Press Pass. It's at Press Pass Pod. We'll let you know when episodes drop. Well, guys, it was fun. Uh, we will be back here next week around the same time. So hopefully you'll tune in and hopefully you guys have a great week. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Peace.